You are listening to The Broken Up, Broken Up, the podcast for the disbanded. You're listening to The Broken Up, the podcast for the disbanded. My name is Donnie Service. On this week's episode, we've got The Plain Daisies, and this is the first time I've done a podcast with every member of the band, which means there were five people plus me, uh, all remotely during COVID recording this. And so uh, apologies in advance uh, for some of the technical difficulties we had with audio, but it's it's listenable, and I'm hoping that you'll uh, bear with us because it was a great conversation. This is a, a high school band from over 25 years ago, and they haven't had a conference or spoken together in a group or even listened to this music in that time. So it's really cool to to talk to them and, and get their impressions about it now, uh, now that there's so much distance from it. I'd also like to give a shout out to Brendan Draper, who's been editing these podcast episodes. Uh, Brendan is an amazing sound engineer, and if you'd like to hire him to do some audio work for you, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, and we'll point you in his direction. So without further ado, here are the Plain Daisies. Tell us your name, the instrument you played in the band, and uh, some little small thing about yourself, like maybe who your spirit animal is or, or something. So, uh, so Jason, I'll start with you. Okay, um, I'm Jason. Uh, I played guitar and sang occasionally, and um, I don't know my spirit animal. I guess a rabbit, maybe. I don't know. Solid answer. Solid answer, Seth. I'm sorry, what was the question? The last part of it? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> your, your name, the instrument you played, and uh, we're going with your spirit animal. Okay, so my name is Seth, and I play bass, and my spirit animal is a stackable washer and dryer set from GE. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> That's a good one. Kara? I'm Kara. I was a vocalist, and my spirit animal is a mole. Normal mole. European mole. Okay, moles, love it. And uh, Kenrick? Hi, I'm Kenrick. I play guitar and sing, and I'm not going to tell anybody what my animal friends are, but I could tell you that I'm really excited about this farm box that I've been getting every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing about me. It's your spirit okay. box. It's your spirit vegetable. Vegetable, yeah. Okay, and and John. Yeah, uh, I play uh, I play drums, and uh, I guess I'd have to say my spirit spirit animal is a crow. A crow. Ooh, that's so cool. Great. So, of course, the Plain Daisies was a band, but you know we, we should probably get to the to the when and the where. So uh, who, who wants to take that? Who wants to tell us about the when and the where of the band? Mm. Kara? <laughs> so Kenrick, so we, I mean, my memory is such that we wanted to do a band mm -hmm. when we were, I think, junior high, right? Mm -hmm. What is that, 12? Probably. 13? I think you had a keyboard. Mm -hmm. I think we just screwed around with your keyboard. Definitely did that, yeah. And the guitar, I guess, happened at some point. That also happened. Along the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so when was this? Let's do some math. 
Do you mind if I take it? Ninety yeah, ninety one. <laughs> I mean, it had to be uh, late eighties, right? Like eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere around there. Well, no, not exactly. It would have been like eighth grade, probably, right? End of eighth grade, between like in the summertime, because I remember we went up to Kenrick's house and we were like playing in. I think it was Kenrick's house. Then we went up to his, his house and played songs. Thank God the historian speaks up. <laughs> it was the summer. I remember because I remember because your your mom drove us over there. Bless her, yeah. bless her heart. So, so what year? Like ninety one, maybe. Yeah, ninety one. Yeah. And where was this? Uh, oh, Hayward. Hayward. Where's Hayward? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That's the heart of the bay, don't you? That's know? a common question, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. It's right next to Oakland. Yeah, it's right next to Oakland. Yeah. It's like East, East, East Oakland. <laughs> right. East, East Bay Area. Northern California. So you're all uh, in, in late middle school, and, and Kenrick and Kara decide to play guitar and keyboards. You're in Hayward, California. So was that just the genesis of the band? I mean, Kara and Kenrick, how did it start from there? And then the we added Jason. Yeah. So it was the three of us to start. I don't know. Was there like an audition? Did you like... No, we were just messing yeah, around, I think. <laughs> we, were <laughs> we were just messing around. I think Ken, uh, Kenrick maybe had some song ideas and... Like Kara sang over the the guitar, and then that was just I think maybe the first couple of songs we wrote. I remember there was a song called Humanities. Oh my god! If you, yeah, if you remember that one, that was like we wrote that Psychic song. Psychic, I believe, was our first song that we ever like, like the real yeah. yeah like put together with everybody. I'm really pretty it fuzzy. Very, I'm like, it was very fluid at that time. Yeah, because you're. I mean, we were children. It was like <laughs> we were literal children, and so it was just like, well, why don't we do this? Like, ah, oh, that's cool. Like, oh yeah, keep doing that. Or like, why don't you do this? And like, just you know, just very sort of fluid. So it was Kenrick and Kara, and then Jason joined. And how did everybody else get in the band? And when did they get in the band? I'm not entirely sure at what point uh, uh, I joined the band or how I got in the band. Uh, was the drummer? <laughs> yeah. And how did that well, happen? Honestly, uh, Jason, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't mind hear exactly how, how John and Seth ended up in the band, but I know because John had that, he played drums, but he had that, that room in the... The practice uh, space. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, pretty convenient for us to, like, go over there and just play and not like bother people too much. Sliding glass door or something. Yeah. Yeah. Make a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. So you were playing in your rehearsal spot and your backyard? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I believe we did uh, set up out on the lawn in the backyard, and uh, we, we had a bunch of friends over and we played. I feel like that happened a couple uh, of times. Once, maybe twice. Maybe twice. So when was your first yeah. show together as a band? Wouldn't that have been at the bistro? Yeah, that was probably... Hey, we also played at that. Was it the Edge that we played at? We That's played we at the... No, we, we played at the Stone, <laughs> the dude. Stone. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, the Stone. That's what it is. Yeah, we played and at the Stone. No but... place isn't there anymore. <laughs> so, so was the Stone the first gig? No. No. Um, but in terms of... I feel like John and Seth joined at the same time. I didn't want to leave Seth out of this whole like origin story. No, but I wasn't, I wasn't there. I came later. Oh, the at where? What well, do you mean? I mean, how the band got together. You mean? Like, you guys were already a band when I came in. Oh, oh so John was there already? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, John was there already. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah, so it was, it was much later. 
So the first gig then was the bistro, or was it in a backyard? No, it was the bistro because um, um, the bistro had an open. Yeah, the bistro on their open open mic, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. You guys have amazing memories. It was a weeknight. <laughs> Maybe we've just had shittier lives. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> so 91 was what, 28, 29 years ago we're talking about? Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I just kill the mood? Pretty much. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so you all started practicing together, and there were some songs that got started that got moved around. How long was it from like when you first started saying, okay, we're in a band, to when you played your first gig at the Beast? Oh, my God. <laughs> years. Yeah. It was years. Yeah, I was going to say years. <laughs> <laughs> It was the band we played with another band too. Who was the other band that Greblich. we played with? Greblich with Paige and Mike. That was the name of the band. Greblich. Yeah. That was fun. That was like a little tiny high school festival on there. Well, was it Ryan and Greblich too? But yeah, I think the first gig must have been at the Bistro because where else would we have played? Yeah, it was probably probably there. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> We played the talent show at school, though. Remember, we played the talent show. No, I don't remember that at all. We had that hard feedback the whole time, though. Huh? Yeah, that's, <laughs> shit. That's it. That's okay. it. That was, our, there was nothing but feedback for the audience. Like, our, we monitored ourselves. It sounded great on stage, but the audience—they literally heard nothing except for feedback. And it like, was <sighs> so. It, yeah, we got rejected like super hard. It was. <laughs> it's pretty avant-garde. <laughs> we were ahead of our time. Under- exactly. You know, we couldn't have understood. We couldn't have expected okay. like high school students to understand us. Like I remember, Mel he came he came up to me afterwards, and he's like, "I got super excited at the beginning because I thought you were doing like the Sonic Youth thing, and I was all juiced." But then I realized that it was not an intro, and it was a big giant mistake. Fuck! <laughs> 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 oh my god! That's. Oh, uh, I need to write that down. <laughs> you can put that on the list of things that keep you up at night. <laughs> no, no. I need to like put it on my gravestone or something. Kara had successfully repressed that memory, but now we're churning it up. Uh... No, I just think it's a poetic way of stating a very relatable feeling. I mean, have you considered offering this as a therapeutic service to people that are <laughs> wearing lots of bands? <laughs> Kenrick, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, repressed memories are coming back. It's really, you know, we're getting breakthroughs. <laughs> so you started in middle school. You played some talent shows. You played at the bistro. Did you play any house parties? Did you? I understand there was the backyard and some friends came over, and maybe that isn't a show show, but were there any, any of those moments? Did we play a that- house party? We we played actually in a, in an upholstery factory. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we did. Like it, we broke into an upholstery factory and played in it. And there was like couch stuffing everywhere. Was that on like <laughs> where? Wait, that was Diami's dad. Yes, yes, it was Diami's dad. It was Diami's dad's place. And there was like stuffing from couches <laughs> oh, everywhere. Mission, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's there. Huh? Yeah. No, they tore it down a long time ago. I mean, that's. Let's be honest, that's a legendary venue. That was the couch stuffing factory right? where all those avant-garde shows happened for decades in Hayward. <laughs> Fucking good for us. <laughs> Legends. 
So, uh, did y'all know that your music is on Reverbination? It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, Chase, Chase put it on there. <laughs> he put all of it on there. Watch the contact info. Has somebody's pager number on there? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna play something. This uh, this song is called "The Sun Follows Me Around." Yay! <laughs> Call. <clears throat> this was recorded on a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> no way! <laughs> no way! <laughs> I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this a little uncomfortable. Uh, that was recorded, I think, in 1995. Um, oh, you think that was a? Oh, <laughs> I think that I think Nessie was playing drums on that. So when was that song written? 94. Somewhere around there. Or three. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who wrote it? Was it everybody? Uh, was it that a, was an everybody music thing, and that was a me lyric melody thing. I, the the thing that, that that was really powerful about being in that band, and the thing that resonates with me still to this day, is like it illustrated the huge difference between performing music and writing songs. Uh, like I really couldn't. I played the bass, but I wasn't really that good. Uh, but when I sit down with a guitar, I would write songs for the band and like the songs would turn out great. And then it just illustrated this, this huge difference between those two disciplines. And that like, even today, like I make electronic music and I'm, I'm all right. When I sit down, I plan stuff out. That's when it's, when I can songwrite and I have time to do it. I am good at it, but trying to play like a guitar or something I'm not. And it's just um, up until uh, that point and being in that band, I'd kind of always equated the two as being kind of almost the same thing, but they're totally not. That's, that's the thing that I took away from being in that band. And it's been really uh, a good lesson for me. I think that's super deep, Seth. Like that's Whoa. why I'm a DJ. That's why I'm a DJ. <laughs> that's why I'm a DJ. Yeah, because I don't write shit. 
I, I mean, like, a, a, another good thing about the Daisies was that um, we kind of, like, Chasen wrote songs on his own. Kara and Kenrick had their own songs that they brought in. I wrote songs on my own. But then we also did, there were, like, songs that we wrote together. Like, we wrote them together, literally. I mean, each person, like, put in different parts. And each person put in parts that the other person would play. Like, I remember I wrote lyrics that Kara would sing. And, and I mean, it was we did do collective songwriting, like, the real deal. Um, and it was in real time. Yeah, but we did plan it out. And it would, like, and... To this day, I, I think that like those songs, they're really like close to my heart, even if we were crap at playing them live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do love those songs still, and I wish that uh, we had kind of written them in the time of digital recording <laughs> instead of boombox. Yeah, that's that's a really cool insight about the um, sharing of the writing. Like I've been writing songs. I, I recorded an album this year and or last year, and I'm gonna go do a new one in a couple months. And like, I've been writing everything myself. And I just, when you're talking about, it, I'm just realizing how much I miss that. I'm especially now, you know. Like I was saying before COVID, I was like, oh, I wish I was in a band. Like, you know, where you go to the space and you're all there, and like you have that feeling of like creative collaboration. Um, it's really like well, you're really putting your finger on it for me. Yeah, it's cool to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't really I haven't really been in bands. I've been in like you know. I've collaborated electronically with people since then, but I've never been in that kind of situation since that time. And it's definitely, so for me, it's definitely special. Like okay? special thoughts go into that. Yeah. Same, yeah. same. And I really looked for a band. Like I really looked like I tried different, you know, situations. I like looked on Craigslist and like, ended, <laughs> yeah. up, end, ended up in some weird warehouses in SF, like some weird older people when I was 17. And they're like, she's only 17. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've kind of been like chasing that dragon a little bit for the right um, vibe. And it, I, something that I realized is it might be just be because, you know, we were young and we, it was us. Yeah, and you're yeah. forming each other's musical taste and experience too. Like you're not like yeah coming into a situation where everyone's like we're we're this kind of band and you know exactly yeah and like exactly what Kenrick just said. You're kind of forming each other's musical basis and and, and it's I I can I, it still is with me to this day. Like when I write tunes, like I I often think of like how it would have been performed with the Davy Daisies or something like I and then that that sound is still like the base of the music that I try to put out. Uh, no matter what the other instruments or what is going on, this is still my bass. So yeah, it was very formative. If I could just maybe say something that I'm not sure is super appropriate, but like, I just feel like, I feel like, I feel like the person that has like carried the spirit of the daisies, if I might call us that is like Chasen put out an album of acoustic material, like in what is it? The nineties, like early two thousands. That is like, just like so yeah so beautiful like all acoustic like just such beautiful melodies and like just it felt like an extension of what we were doing and I was like <laughs> you know at the same time like jealous that I couldn't be a part of it and like you know it, like so happy that like it, something like that existed and mm -hmm. so very cool I remember like Jason uh, back even when we were in the band like the songs that he would write himself and bring in they were like th at this whole other level they were like these personal epic tales. I mean, what, what was the one song? Right? That he, there's the one song that he had about like a little voice that was in his room talking to him or something. Oh my God. Dead self. Oh, like it, it was so, it was like, it was really involved and it was really personal and it was just so special. And that's, uh, Jason, like, do you, do you still write that stuff? You know, I haven't written any new songs in a long time. It's been probably five years since I've written anything. I'm not sure exactly why, but <laughs> 
it just after like in the late 90s like i just wrote a lot of songs like in a really quick succession and uh i didn't really have anybody to play with so it's kind of like i just played on my own so yeah i guess it would be i guess you could say it was a continuation of what we're doing jason you're always really good at um proactively expressing yourself in the form of zines and things like that and not needing like a lot of I don't know, like I haven't, I've always found it really hard to write if I don't have like a context for um, a band, you know. So, so that's interesting. The, the, in, and Kenrick, you mentioned earlier the idea of, of having the space and going to the space and the idea of being in a band and, and having that regular practice where you, you all have to make the effort to come out together. Can you talk about how that, having that regularity and that, that recurring like commitment? Um, in a group of people is different than writing, like, for instance, the record that you just wrote? I think any any creative endeavor, like, really, you have to have a lot of faith that it's going to go somewhere and be seen by somebody. And you have to, I mean, I guess it's like faith in yourself, but it's also like just faith in your life to produce the circumstances where that can happen. And um, expressing yourself, you know, without knowing that that's going to happen is hard. And so a commitment to other people is really, I mean, I'm thinking I have like a friend who's a writer and we're both working on books and we text each other whenever we're writing because it's like this thing that it's like partly support, but it's partly shame too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shame works. I love it. Yeah, it works. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, this is really nice to like hear everybody's voices and memories and like to, to think about that time, like where we were doing that for each other. And like, you know, when I think back to those days, like I'm kind of like, Oh my God, I was like so full of angst and teenage pain, but like, (laughs) but like the fact that this, like these things were happening or that we had these like times to like be in that creative space together. I can't imagine like what kind of person I would become had I not done that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, how often were you playing together? We'd every Saturday, I think. Right. Yeah, we did do a weekly practice at, at some point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we even, like, broke up. I think we just stopped coming to practice. <laughs> I don't well, think we ever had, like, a breakup. <laughs> there was a thing that happened. There was, um, well, actually, Kendrick, I'd like to hear your ideas about this. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Well, wait, because you used to also play keyboard in our... No, I was getting confused, yeah, because I did, I mostly played keyboard. You were mostly keyboard. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Green Tilt Monday? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's Green Tilt Monday? I don't know, it turned into a different song. (laughs) We, like, rebranded it. Because what happened was, is that um, we were fucking around, like, I think we were, we weren't taking practice seriously. And then Kenrick at one point just like epically quit um, because of that. And then. Uh, <laughs> tell and, us, Kenrick, tell us how yeah. you epically quit, please. I don't even remember. I was like, this is the thing I've been having the hardest time with. I'm like, I know that like, I wasn't in the band after a certain point and I can't remember why. And like, I don't know what, I just feel like an asshole. Honestly, when I think about that, I'm like. I feel like I probably was like being really impatient. You know what? Sometimes people are impatient and do you know who are hella impatient is teenagers. Yeah. And I'm not blaming you at all. I am totally not blaming you because I feel like you just had like a lot of plans and you know, and yes, I felt fairly um, (laughs) abandoned and. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember at the time that he quit, like, I remember being like a little bit upset about it, but also like without acknowledging it, knowing that he had a point, like, you know, he was like wanting to push it in a really, really serious direction. And I think that we just like wanted to go to the park and sit on the swings or something. Like, I mean, we were just fucking around <laughs> and then, and he wasn't having it. And then I remember it was like legit. Well, you know, it's funny to think back. Cause it's like, what could I have used more of in high school? Probably like fucking around and hanging out on a swing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've had a lot of swing, swing sessions. And don't, don't interpret that in any pot. Like, that's not what I meant. I meant like, I feel like you've had a lot of like I've, I've time smelled, to smelled the roses and swung on you, the swings. You have. I remember, a, I have a story about Kendrick uh, swinging, uh, running around the, running around the, running, running around the track, uh, track oh of Cal State Hayward with, was John there too? I think John was there. Yeah. It was you, John. Crystal, yeah, I think, yeah. was there too. And you guys are running around the track naked. <laughs> and there, there were these two old dudes just walking. And like there was a payphone at the other side of the track. And like they stopped and called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the cops I think came. that all the time. Me, really? Yeah. So the cops came and like they were like laughing at us because... Because they were like, was this some kind of a, a fraternity trick or you know, prank or something? <laughs> and you guys were like, no, we're 16, bye. And then they left, and then they proceeded, and Kendrick and John and Crystal proceeded to climb the fence and go skinny dipping <laughs> in a pool like Cal State Hayward. Seth and I were not present at this No, moment. this was, but I think John was there. Mercifully, we were not there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> John was there. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, I think uh, we told it. we told the cop that we were uh, running around in the sprinklers, and, and they said, "Oh, that's why you're all wet. You guys weren't in the pool, were you?" And uh, we we were in the pool, but but we we didn't get in trouble for going into the pool. We just told them we we're running down in the sprinklers naked. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to play another song. Wait, which what song are you going to play? <laughs> well, I'm going to play Coconut Stone. There you and go. I'm going, to, I'm going to do it the other way around now. Can somebody tell me the story of Coconut Stone? Okay, so th- here's what happened. Here, when Kenrick quit, um, he took a bunch of the songs that he wrote with him, and instead of us just saying goodbye to it, we took the music and put our own lyrics on and oh, made it amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We totally okay. janked his songs, and oh, so I think that's dude, one of the, yeah. dude, it's Green Tilt Monday. No, we're the Green Tilt Monday. I think it's Green Tilt Monday. So we like sped it up and make it crunchy. I'd, li- I'd like to apologize on behalf of. So sorry, Kevin. Oh, oh, <laughs> I mean, man. let's just let's just call it even. Huh? <laughs> it looks really. <laughs> it sounds really different. We're like, gonna we're gonna give you every cent that we made off of this song today. <laughs> 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 All right, Kenrick is listening to this for the first time ever. No, he heard it. Coconut before. Stone. <laughs>
think that was Green Tilt Monday. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, it was not Green Tilt Monday. I don't know, dude. Can I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody recognize that song? I mean, like Coconut Stone, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was that. John, were you drumming on that one? Green Tilt Monday sound. Uh, yeah. Okay, just checking there. I believe so. So, so Kara, do you remember what the lyrics were for that song? Um, <laughs> now that I li- yes, I do. Well, now that I listen to it, I feel like it may have been something that was like a um, hybrid of like something that me and Kendrick were just like. Well, let me just put a bone right here, and like, <laughs> how about like I have a blueberry, and be like, yeah, that's fine. And like, how about like this part, and then like yes, and then it was like okay, cool. But you know, that was mostly just the way that I don't know. I can't I can't even tell if if I wrote it by myself or if I contributed to stuff that Kenrick wrote. It's all just that creative stew that we were talking about. Exactly. We did a lot of um bor- bourguignon. So Kenrick, were you playing on that? Do you I remember that song? I don't think he was playing on that. I don't think so. All right. So post Kenrick. So Jason, you you're the one who who put all this stuff on uh, Reverb Nation, right? Yeah. Why? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because all of it on, was on cassette tapes, so I needed to digitize it. So, so I digitized it, and then I was like, well, I'm going to put this on the I'm line. I'm so happy that you did. It's just really... in case something happens to me or, you know, yeah, it it's, just lives on. Yeah, it totally wouldn't be around without you having done that. But it was a nice way for me to just, you know, so everybody could have access to it whenever they wanted to listen I'm to grateful. it. In case somebody wanted to interview you on a podcast about it years later. All right. Psychic <laughs> is like the song that we wrote first, and it's the version. It's the old version? Yeah, it's Psychic with keyboards on it. Oh, my God. That- so if you have that one. There's just so much it's- stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, the plain daisies, <laughs> psychic with keyboards. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, ending songs is pretty hard, but I feel like that was a good end. Hearing Psych again after 25 years, that was like, that was like a time machine. I mean, it just uh, yeah. takes me back. Yeah. <laughs> Those pathways are like deep in the brain. Yeah. Like in the years past, like in, I've been in various like musical projects with other people and, and people really want to steer almost always to like very bass heavy, very dark, hard sounds. And I'm always the guy who's always like pushing for port, chord progressions and melodies. And it, that comes directly from being in the daisies. Like that was my, where I was born musically and it's still with me to this day. Um, and it's from songs like that. Yeah. I loved hearing those keyboards. Like yes. fucking, oh my God. I loved hearing those. And the guitar solo too. The guitar solo was yes, awesome. Totally. Yes, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. I was shred shredding on that. <laughs> it was weird because when the guitar solo came in, I was like, I feel like I know every note of this guitar solo. <laughs> oh, no, totally. I know exactly. <laughs> if memory serves, I think we recorded that like after we played it like five times. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're ready to record. I do swear to God there wasn't a guy with like a backwards baseball cap that looked like from Bob and Silent J or somebody like <laughs> I swear to god <sighs> this is going to bother me I was me. trying to produce it Yeah I don't remember huh <sighs> You know Kara I think I know what you're talking about Do you Yeah I think you're talking about, there was a guy, this is a guy in San Francisco that told us he was a producer and he was going to get us into this show at the, um, the show at the Fillmore. It was like the... But he brought his fucking eight track or whatever. (laughs) Maybe it's something different that I'm thinking of. I think he stole our money and went up in this hotel like he never came down again. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the Reverb Nation site, there is one song that in parentheses says four track version. Is it Bingo? (laughs) We, what is it? We, we could listen to it right now and oh see God. if it lives up to the hype of the <laughs> master producer that was going to apparently get you into Fillmore. The only person I remember, because I remember somebody recording us, but I thought that was Seth that was recording it us. It wasn't Seth. It was somebody else. Like Seth brought somebody in or something. I did buy, I, buy a, I bought a four track specifically to record us and had it for years afterwards. Did you afterwards. bring yeah. a weird friend? Uh, Almost certainly, but I don't remember. You know, <laughs> I don't remember bringing anyone. No. <laughs> Come on, it was only twenty years ago. Six, seven years ago. <laughs> well, all right, let's try this. Let's try this. Here's Bingo four track version.
about a cop i think it's about right about jason a isn't it about a cop oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful jason that was one of the songs that you literally brought to us like 100 percent formed like it was just like this little beautiful dumpling of a song that you were just like hey i wrote this song like here, here it goes. And like gave me the lyrics and you're like, goes like this. And then I was like, oh yeah. I'm just like, I'm looking at the list of songs here and I'm, and I'm just looking at, and I know Jason wrote Gun in My Gum, Kenrick wrote Green Tilt Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote like Caledonia and San Francisco, but then yeah. I'm looking. There's yes. all these. There's all these other ones like Typhoid Mary. Um, uh, Those I think were collaborative. It was super collaborative. Like we each input like huge parts, and it was really, mm-hmm. really, truly collaborative deal. Like me, I wrote one like song. I wrote Which one. Was that? Which one was that? Raspberries, cries. You wrote that? Okay. Yes, I wrote it. Even the guitar. I even wrote the guitar part. But can I just go back to Bingo for a second? Because just that experience of recording on the four track with silent Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just that like my future, like, like I still do. So, like I still sing. I don't have a band, but I have collaborated with like electronic musicians, like on, on projects. And that was basically the first time that I heard my, my voice like mastered. And I was just like, what in the Sam fuck? <laughs> like, that is not, that is not how I'm used to hearing my voice. So it was like, it was my first time ever being like actually recorded and mastered. So it was interesting. I have a question for everybody. What do you guys, what do you guys remember listening to like other music while during this era? James. Okay. I remember, I remember what John was listening to. It's slipping my mind right now, but I remember he, what he's listening to. I remember um kind of what chasen was listening to a little bit i remember what i was listening to kenrick do you have like a outside influence that you remember as being informative during this time um the stone roses I was oh like my god yeah. all the time all the time the, the cure sundays. of course the cure, um, cure is i was just gonna say the sundays was one. Oh, the sundays duh the sundays is what i remember listening to like i really associate that with this band like like that album um i think it was called love like that was like what i was listening to the in my memories, what I was listening to the entire time. It was reading, writing, and arithmetic at this time, but yes. yeah, yeah, like right. love yeah. was definitely like that. That was yeah, like huge, huge influence. Yeah, huge, and also Cocteau Twins all the that, time. That's what I remember you listening to. I remember I go to your house and you would always have 
have that one. <laughs> <laughs> and sugar cubes all the time. We, I mean, we listen to a lot of music. We were like '90s children. We we listen to all all the good good shit and some bad shit <laughs> and some bad shit. I think I think the, the one of the unique things about the Daisies was that like um, we came out like we were doing stuff in the '90s right when like grunge and like especially like punk was starting to make head headlines as as pop music like sonic youth and stuff was coming out and um in high school we were literally the only band ever at all that had that kind of like melody all like um pop sound like there was literally no one else i mean baleen kind of did that later a little bit but it was still kind of punk right i mean am i remembering that wrong that's well yeah i think it was like melodic but also noisier or something Mm. you guys did do like a kind of like a more edgy like electric loud sound than the daisies yeah it was way edgier so i mean that's kind of unique to me i mean i we we were you know doing like backyard shows with like metal and punk bands and it was not similar at all (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting when we played that show in john's backyard i think it was we played first and then the Grebledge band played, and then the people called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, ours, but we were cool. We could play. But yeah, then we the Grebledge Greb played, and then the cops, like, their siren, you could hear it. Here <laughs> on the video. Back it up, you guys. I still have that flyer. It says, um, it says, uh, I do too. Show for chodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And all the chodes showed up. And so many chodes were there. Like, you know. There were foreign exchange chodes. <laughs> <laughs> we we did have fans. We really did. I, I mean listening to those those songs, I just like wish they were recorded better or that we could have played better. But like the song I, know. I, I think the songs themselves and the tunes, the lyrics and the melodies are like really, really strong even now. Like I, I really loved hearing them right now. This is that was amazing. They are pretty AF. It was. Yeah. And Seth, I would just like to say that I loved Caledonia. I loved playing Caledonia. Yeah, that was like, a lot of fun. It was one yeah. of my favorites. Like yeah, it was, was so it was so fun to play. It was so satisfying. It was just like it's a really fucking good song. You know, that's the only. It's, that's really the only time I've ever done like that kind of of um, creation with anybody. Um, like I, I love, I love the when you and the songs that you and Kendrick wrote. I love playing those. Like um, the Psychic, that was amazing. I, I love that song. I love hearing it right now. It's great. Did we uh, listen to Caledonia? I don't think we did. We have not. Well, let's let's hear it now.
It's a dumpling from Seth. John always used to kick ass on that song. Just really kind of go for it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah the I was guitar part say, about uh, that song. Uh, I, I, I really actually enjoy uh, John's drumming on this. Not that I don't appreciate everybody else, but as a drummer who played in bands at this age, John, you're, you're, you're pulling off some stuff and you're doing some stuff that's uh, to take some work. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. I don't really remember it all that much, but uh, <laughs> our, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I practiced. I, I don't know where. Yeah. I enjoyed we playing with these guys. Good. Uh, like we, we we would practice What's as a that? band inside inside a small bedroom. We would practice inside a small bedroom, and John. I mean, yeah. instead of a drum kit in a small bedroom is usually overwhelming, but John was able to do what a lot of drummers aren't, which is to like keep it quiet enough so that everybody can play. Like he, I've never been like worked in a project with a drummer that was able to like just chill as much as John was able to do, and just like keep things like uh, not overwhelming on the drum side. This just seems impossible. So we, we, we talked about first gigs, we talked about practicing and everything. Are there any standout moments or is there anything we, something that just is a really pleasant thought associated with the Plain Daisies? I was just going to say, um, talk about that gig we had at the Stone. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was funny because um, we had it built, I built up in my mind to be something where there's going to like be a lot of people there and there was like the other band, I I think the other band was the audience behind the stage the other band i remember like they were all getting super roasted like they were smoking huge amounts of pot and we were all super nervous like oh my god and they were not caring at all they're like yeah we're gonna get fucked up and go on stage they didn't care and we were like super nervous and it was appropriate because they kicked ass and we kind of failed so like, it was appropriate for them. <laughs> well there also was no like nobody there so like we were failing to nobody that's a good way i mean we had that. to sell tickets to <laughs> play the show right didn't we buy them all ourselves? Like, is that what we did? Yeah, and nobody really <laughs> but bought it. But no, but at the stone, like there was the other band was like wearing spandex and having huge metal hair and having girls in their dressing room, and we were like, "Oh my god, what?" Right? Am I wrong? Uh, they just like they did not regard it in this as the same with the same amount of importance as we did. They just did not care, and we were super nervous and. And I remember the guitar player was playing like Pearl Jam licks. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? But they were that kind of band. I think they were sort of like grunge. They were a cover band, band or some shit. Oh, okay. They were literally wearing like neon green spandex, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember looking in the dressing room and there was like a bunch of girls in there and we were like, <laughs> what the, f like, what? And looking back on it now, it's like playing the stone and like have like, <sighs> I mean, if I was playing the stone, I'd just be like playing the stone. I'm like, you know, it's just like this is not an occasion to like have a. I mean, unless they were doing a tour of shit venues, which they may have been. You know, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're probably the house band. So you played uh, the, the bistro, the stone. Were were there other gigs at other venues? I don't think so. I mean, the the stuffing factory. Yeah, the stuffing factory. We played at Kara's her friend's there birthday party. had to be party. somewhere else, right? Who was my friend? Uh, I think it's a friend of Robin's from Fremont. Oh, crap. Remember? And oh I think God. actually, Fremont's not a thing. It's because Kenrick had left the band before, but he volunteered to like run sound for us at that show. Holy moly. What the fuck? This was a Catholic school friend of mine's friend oh yeah and there was a bunch of like people like just we were in the garage playing and they were like coming in and coming and going while we were playing right yeah 
It was very casual. A track on Reverb Nation is this Daisy intro live in the garage. That's actually, basically, it's, it's really short. It's basically just introducing us. It's kind of fun. It was so cute the way that you like designed a, a thing to introduce us that was like a, a little, an intro song. Yes, there it is. That reminded me of Catherine Wheel so much. Totally. Which is another huge influence for us. To me, it was really special when we had been playing at the Bistro for a little while. And we were, I feel like we were playing there every week. And I feel like we were playing the same songs every week. And I feel like we had a crowd that like knew some of the lyrics to our songs. And that was really, really special to like hear people singing back to us the lyrics of our songs it was just like you know that's kind of one of the reasons why you want to be in a band is is so that people will like feel your vibe and feel your vibe so hard that they want to like be in it and it was just really nice like i remember you know i remember tova and crystal like 
singing back to me and I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yes, girls, love you too. That was really special. It was funny because the bistro was a bar. Yep. There's a, I mean, they sold some food too, right? They did. We used to smoke cigarettes out on the sidewalk. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't let you do that anymore there. Well, is the bistro even there still? Well, you shouldn't be smoking. Yeah, it's totally there. Yeah. Isn't it? Last time I checked. Yeah, it's still there. Your dad goes to the bistro, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, last time I was back in California, like, we went and right before the COVID hit was starting to hit, we, we went and took a beer there. It's it's like a much nicer place now. It's kind of cool in Hayward these days. Uh, imagine that. They have like a little garden-ish thing outside with like heat lamps right now, I think. I have I have questions for everybody else. I'm just curious about what musical projects you guys have been involved in lately. John, have you been, have you played drums at all since that time? Uh, yeah, the last person really that I was playing drums with was uh, just D- Dave Peterson in a oh, practice wow. studio over in Oakland. Cool. We used to we used to get together quite a bit and jam, but after after we just kind of stopped. I, I yeah, no, I didn't haven't really done anything on the drums or trumpet really. Jason, I haven't really done anything in about for like five years or so. So before that, I was basically recording my own stuff and but not playing with any bands or anything. Uh, how about you, Kimmer? I've been pretty much always playing or doing something. Um, when in New York, I was playing with a band and we'd play shows and clubs and stuff. And then I, in Seattle, I was doing like playing electronic music live and putting out stuff. But it's always just kind of like, I don't want to call it dabbling because I take it seriously, but it's not like at any kind of <laughs> scale where, where it's a self-sustaining project, you know? Um, but I have been recording music on my own. Like I released an album last year and I'm going to go record with, work with the producer and he and I are going to record in November. I really so. love this last thing that you did with the Q in your name, like the Kendrick with the Q. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. That's like edgy. it's really good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the, is... I'm going to do more of that. Bro. It's like, it's like classic shoe, like parts of it are classic shoegaze. And it's just such like, it's very like nectary to me. Like, what is it? Very... What are you playing? It's an, uh, it's an, I mean, it's exactly like Kara's saying. It's like very shoegaze. It's funny to do this right now. Cause I just had a phone call today with the producer to talk about our <laughs> next sessions. Yeah. And like all the reference points are really kind of like the same. Ultimately it's like really, it, it really is true how like formative all this stuff is. And it's obviously like, contextually formative but with these specific people too you know um but the, yeah the, it's like a i did an album it's called kenrick it's my name but spelled with a q instead of a k <laughs> which is cute with a q <laughs> and um, the album is called earthly love and it's like songs that i wrote on acoustic guitar like folk songs over probably like a four-year period and then we just took them in the studio and played them with a band and put synths on there and it's got it's like the whole time, yeah, we were kind of just like started out as like a folk record because the band I was in before was kind of like a country band. Um, is that is it just is that country spelled with a Q? <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, so but I think you know there's there's a lot of synth and stuff on it and a little bit of electronic drums and stuff too, and I think we're gonna like play around more with that stuff next time because it's just gonna be the two of us just to make it simpler to record. But he's at Panorama Studio in, um, in uh, where is it? Berlin. This is pretty um, cool. Like it. Well, it is very cool. Not to. And like, Kara, I kind of a little bit familiar I, with I, what, 
what you've been doing. You, you've like you kind of make like uh, a lot of guest appearances, as I've seen you DJ a bit. But uh, is there any other projects that you've done that you recently that you want to talk about? Thank you, Seth. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I've I've been you know sort of like doing like guest vocals on like s- some stuff. Like I do vocals on like some house music, and there's been some stuff that I've done that I'm like pretty proud of. You know, just basically, like, I've just been singing on a couple of songs here and there. And then me and Eric do karaoke, and I will do karaoke, like, whenever, on whatever. If, uh, if you guys have never seen Kara spin, uh, you should check out the her Twitch channel, because uh, she she's twisting labels, she's just, she's, like, a master on the decks. It's, it's pretty cool. So oh my God, I encourage you to check it out. I do have a lot of records. I do have a very strong aesthetic in terms of like what music I play and so um it works for some people not for others it's it may not like it, it may disrupt your dancing but maybe not I'd be interested in hearing all, all of you guys' music stuff if you want to send it text it whatever links or whatever I found Kendrick's on, on Spotify but is it Kendrick the Cube yeah. <laughs> Q. Oh yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm interested to hear it because I love shoe guys. So is it a Q U or is it just Q? Just no, Q. It's Q-E. Oh. It's yeah. Breaking all the rules. All right. <laughs> um, th- thanks, Kara and Eric, for suggesting this. This was really fun and it has really been yeah. super cool to hear everyone's voices after totally. so long. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. After a hundred years. I do have Trendy loaded, and I would like to play it right now for, for you all, because it is a classic.
the broken up.